Hi, and welcome to the Create Joy podcast, where we believe that we have the power to not only find meaning in life, but to create joy every day. Yes, even when life gets tough. But here's the thing. I am not the kind of person that joy comes naturally to. I have to work hard to find it. So join me as I explore how and where to find joy as I analyze experiences and ideas and talk to guests who help guide us in our process. I am excited for what we will learn together. I am your host, Katrina Gandara. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the show. On last week's episode, we talked about our favorite things. And today I wanted to share one of my favorite things with you. So we all know that washing our hands is very top of mind right now. We also know that with the economy reacting to our current situation, it is especially important to support small businesses. So today I'm combining all three of these things, washing our hands, supporting small businesses, and sharing one of my favorite things with you. So I want to introduce you to my favorite soap maker, Ashley Marie Soap. This is an all-hand made soap with natural ingredients that feed your skin and it is the best smelling soap that I have ever used. I seriously walk into my guest bathroom just so I can smell this soap. It's that good. So Ashley makes her soap in small batches and she does Instagram lives of her doing this. You can check these out at Ashley Marie Soap on Instagram and it is as fascinating as her soap is amazing. So as long as you're going to be washing your hands all the time, you might as well make it an amazing experience. Uh, you can buy your own soap over at ashleymariesoap.com. And then you can use the coupon code, all in caps, uh, stay healthy, two separate words, for 10% off your entire order. I promise you won't regret using this soap. Um, I've also put all this info in the show notes. And if you don't feel like buying your own soap, but still would like to try a bar, this month I will be giving one away. So the way that you enter to win this is that I will be choosing a reviewer of the month. This means that from today until April 30th, I will randomly select one of the uh, reviewers, someone who reviews the podcast and sends you the bar of your choice. There are a lot of good ones to choose from. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Um, the way you do this is you select the show, you scroll down to the bottom of like all the episodes and there's a little space for ratings and reviews. So you click um, five stars and then underneath the stars, you click write a review. Then you add a title and a review, click send and you're done. Super simple. Uh, ratings, and, ratings and reviews really help the show get noticed so this message can reach more people. It also helps me to know what resonates with my audience. Your reviews are so helpful and so appreciated. Thanks so much for taking the time. It means the world to me. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. I am a huge believer that in the sharing our stories, even when they're hard and scary, um, and maybe especially when they are hard and scary, have a huge impact, not only in the lives of those that are listening, who need to feel seen and understood in, in your experience, but in the life of the storyteller. I feel like it can create um, help create acceptance and understanding and forgiveness as well as eliminate any sneaky shame that might have crept up in our own experience. So I'm super excited to introduce our guest today who reached out to me to share her story, which I love. And I'm so glad that she did. In our interactions, her story has already had such a huge impact on my life. And I have no doubt um, that no matter what stage or situation you're in in your own life, her story will also speak to you. 
Uh, Stephanie Donegan is a wife, a mother to two boys on earth and three angels. She is a chocolate lover, which is my kind of girl. And Stephanie is overcoming depression and anxiety one day at a time as she shares these uplifting, inspirational, and relatable content on her Instagram under her name, Stephanie Donegan, which honestly inspires others to seek to find more light and love in their lives daily. So her page is a great place to go if your goal is to be happier. So I'm so honored to have you today, Stephanie. Thank you so much. I'm very, very excited and humbled to be here with you. Well, thank you. I'm so happy that you're willing to share your story because, as I mentioned, I think it will speak to so many different women who have been through hard things. But I think that men will also be able to see themselves in your story, um, even though it is physically impossible for them to go through some of the things that you've experienced. But let's start back to when you first started noticing that your mental health wasn't where you wanted it to be. What, what has this history uh, with mental health been? So that's going to take us back to when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I was kind of remembering or realizing that something wasn't right. My grandmother passed away and that's when my life kind of took a very dark, deep path. Um, and I didn't understand what was going on. I mean, my family has history of mental health problems, but still it's one of those things, even, you know, especially then it wasn't talked about. It wasn't, mm -hmm. a, you know, there wasn't this awareness or it was just so misunderstood as I feel like it still is today. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 33 years old now. So <laughs> if it's still that way now, it definitely was back when I was 16. So um, then I chose what seemed easy to go to, you know, I went down the road of drinking and doing drugs and just a really bad path. Um, and then finally, once I was 20 years old, I was like, okay, I might need to get on medication. There might be something going on. So I started seeing a counselor at that point and being on medication. And that was another horrible nightmare that it never really helped. I felt like it was just a constant struggle with that too. Like the medication either took too long to get in my system mm. or once it did, it was like, I felt worse than I did dealing with the depression and anxiety. Um, so I kind of toyed around back and forth with medication for a while and then decided, you know, I'm just going to try other things. So I started working out like a lot, <laughs> like mm -hmm. probably an unhealthy amount of working out um, because I didn't really know what else to do. And then started listening to, you know, books and just finding other things, other people that I could kind of relate to, but still was really scared to even admit what was going on. Yeah. And honestly, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I kind of had the really aha moment of Stephanie. This is part of your life. This is something that you deal with and it's okay doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're crazy. doesn't mean any of these things that we think of when we think of mental health. Mm -hmm. It means that I'm human and this is just something that's part of me. It's part of who I am and I need to be okay with that. But it still wasn't easy. <laughs> so right. it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things was I was afraid of the label, afraid of the, right. you know, all the things that come with that. Um, but really, you know, like I said, you know, accepting that a couple of years ago and trying medication again and kind of feeling like, I don't know, it's like it's been a start and stop type thing for me for a while. Um, but, you know, really finding people that have been through it before. Thank goodness we have podcasts now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many people are talking about it. Um, definitely love Brooke Snow. I don't know. If yeah, she's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like her her podcast and her book, Living in Your True Identity, definitely 
helped me a lot. And there's several tools that I use today, but mm-hmm. still, you know, I can slip back. Like, you know, a couple weeks ago, literally last Monday, I woke up in a panic attack, freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, where did this come from? You know, I've been doing so good. Things have been going great. Like, what? Where did this come from? Mm-hmm. Um, that's so that's so frustrating too because you feel like you've made progress and then all of a sudden you're back. Right. It's hard. And I think that's probably, that's the other side of this is for me, especially I thought, oh, I'm doing better. And then I don't have to keep doing the things that I was doing that because I'm going to be honest, like there's times it's like, I don't want to keep doing this stuff. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to work out 30 minutes every day, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to read personal development books. Like, I don't want to do that. That's not natural to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to make myself do it. So whenever I kind of feel myself getting better, I'm like, okay, we can kind of let off the gas a little bit. (laughs) Backwards again, you know? So it's like, and then, yeah, all the things of feeling like, why did I do that? If I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really think, like I said, going back again was the biggest thing that has helped is realizing that it's okay it's okay to have these bad days mm-hmm. and you know, through the other, you know, things that I've gone on the last year, that's been kind of my slogan is that it's okay to not be okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with if there's a couple of days in a week that you sit there and for me, drink chair wine and eat peanut M&Ms all day long. Like <laughs> it's okay, you know, like to not beat yourself up about it. Just better every single day. Mm-hmm. I love that. Especially in the world that we're in that's kind of so, you know, everything looks perfect on social media. And so we feel like we have to do that in our own lives, that it's just okay to be you give yourself some grace. I love that. So you you said you kind of felt like you were getting better. And then about two years ago, it came back pretty strong. Can you tell us a little bit about this? So that's when I became a stay at home mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's when that's when everything changed for me too. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like I've had this that's been my dream since my oldest mm-hmm. is nine, you know, like I wanted to be able to have that opportunity. And here I am with this huge dream of mine right here, you know, and I'm like, how is this happening? Why? Like I have things going really good in my life where, you know, we're at a place where I, we can financially allow me to do this and stuff was going so good. And it was just for me, it was like the, so there was no routine. And I realized I was such an employee mindset, you know, yes. you not work at a certain time, having my eight hour day or whatever filled out for every single minute. Of what mm-hmm. And now I don't have that structure. So, um, for me, I think that was a, probably, you know, I've kind of looked back to you and realized change is something that really change and lack of routine or something that really trigger my depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I slowly like, started doing those things slowly getting a routine in not that it was perfect not that it looked the same every day but it was enough to where eventually I could get I mean it literally took about a year before I was like okay I think we've kind of you know I'm not I don't feel like I just want to lay in the bed all day long Mm -hmm. and you know cry and you know and the other side of that is my husband works a ton of hours yeah he was home and I'd gotten really good at hiding it I'd gotten really good at by three o'clock in the afternoon, making it look like I've been cleaning all day long. <laughs> I've been doing all these things. Cause you know, I really feel like when you have a mental health problem, you also have like superpowers really, because like you can do things so quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, I can organize a room super fast to make it look like I did that. 
all day long, you know? Right. Um, and that's kind of what it was, was he, he would come home and he wouldn't really know it, like what, how my day was going. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I made it look good. I made it look like everything was fine by the time my oldest would get home from school and my husband would get home late at night, you know? And so that was another part that was hard is I wasn't letting him in. I wasn't letting him realize what was really going on and he wanted to help, but mm-hmm. I didn't give him that chance or a lot of people. And I, and that's where I had to realize that I need to be vulnerable. I need to be open about this because there are people that want to help me. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone in this, but no one can help if I don't tell them what's going on. And that part sucks. Yeah. It's so, so scary. Yes. To, to open and say, all right. Yeah. Like here, here's what we got going on. Like, how can we, work through this so mm-hmm. yeah that was a difficult thing to open up but I'm right. glad I did <laughs> right and I feel like there's two things there one is that I don't know if we feel like we're being ungrateful right with our spouse like here I am at home and I, it's a huge privilege to be able to stay home to not have to work and so they're out sacrificing themselves so it, it feels almost ungrateful but they love us, right? And they want us to be happy. So we should just tell ourselves this and be able to talk about it. And uh, two is just the identity crisis that you go through when either maybe you're a working mom and you stay home or you're a stay-at-home mom and you have to go back to work for whatever reason. And we don't allow, <laughs> you know, we're not aware that we're going to have this identity crisis and it can totally change everything. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's definitely... It's, you know, and I love how you say, you know, you got to give yourself grace. Like, I think that's something I definitely didn't at all think about was this is new. I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. There's going to be this learning curve. There's going to be these setbacks. There's going to be so many things that are, that I'm not even going to expect to happen that mm-hmm. are going to happen. You know, yeah. it's not this cookie cutter that every day is going to be exactly the same as it was the day before. And the kids I, are always going to listen. <laughs> And I think that was another, you know, now I'm homeschooling. So Mm. that's been a whole nother realm of things. And the biggest thing from that is it's that I realized I was just telling my mom this. It's not about the academics of what we're learning. It's about learning how to be a stronger mother, Mm. learning how to look inward and realize what are things that I need to work on to where we can make this better for us. Right. We can have our family, you know, how we want it to be. And it starts with us. And that's the other part, I think, that we suffer with with mental health problems is that it's so much pressure that we've got to be perfect. We've got to have everything all together. We've got to know exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that just really just eats us up inside because I, I feel like a lot of us are perfectionists, you know, and we want everything to work out exactly like we want it to. Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of have to take a step back and realize whose errand are we on? Whose timing are we on? It's not, it's not ours. It's definitely Heavenly Father's. And that's something that once again, reflecting back and looking on over the whole course of my life of realizing everything is on Heavenly Father's timing, even the things that really, really suck. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I'm taking this course on happiness and I have to look it up. It's like the Indian school of business or something, but, um, there's five things that prevent us from being happy. And one of those is that the perfectionism though, if we're trying to control life, it diminishes our happiness to a huge degree. Makes total sense. Mm -hmm. 
So how did you start opening up about your struggles with you? You started with your husband, you started with friends. How did, how did that happen? I totally did it backwards. I started with social media (laughs) (laughs) and that like, I feel so bad. And you know, we've talked about a lot, but for me, I don't know. It's like, that was my way of opening up was, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, if I can go, because there were so many people that I were, I was following that were going through the similar things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, if they can do this and they've made an impact in me, I wasn't necessarily doing it for myself. I was looking at it as how can I serve other people? Mm -hmm. Like, how is this going to help other people? And Heavenly Father just gave me that, you know, gift of being able to be vulnerable. It's still not easy. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong, but it's not something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, no, I shouldn't do that. I probably say way too much, but at the same time, I feel like I don't have anything to hide, you know, like yeah. I don't have it all figured out. I'm just trying to do, like I said, 1% better today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And there's still going to be other areas that I fall short, you know, but I just, I started with social media kind of talking about it and it having people reach out and respond. Like that really did help me realize like, okay, you're not alone. You are helping people no, you probably should talk to your husband about this. (laughs) See, you know, because we, you know, he has dealt with it too, like long time ago. It's actually how we kind of connected back when we were, um, or just friends and we started talking about depression and stuff. And I was like, Oh, somebody that understands what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Um, but so he, you know, understood that I needed to go through the process and had to figure things out for myself and that he was there. Um, and that, I really think having people that have been through it to kind of say, hey, you have him in your corner. Like, he hasn't left you, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, he really loves you. He's, he's chosen you, and he wants to help you through this. But once again, you have to open up to him. Right. And it really did make a huge difference in our relationship when I wasn't trying to hide anymore. I wasn't trying to, you know, cover up all this stuff and then expect it to be awesome whenever he got home. Like, yep. it was hard for him to understand, like, why are you struggling some days and some days are, you know, cause I wasn't being honest, but mm-hmm. once I was, it definitely helped the communication in our relationship a ton. Yeah. That's huge. Um, and, and then you started opening up to some friends too. Yeah. So then I became very bold and started opening up during church. Oh, wow. Whenever I was asked to give a talk. That's kind of what I based it around mm-hmm. depending on, and, Lots of the times it was just happened to work out where I could relate it back to mm-hmm. what I was going through. Um, so I had several different people there too that kind of reached out and were thanking me and sharing their stories. Um, and we just, it really surprised me of the people that you, you would look at and think, wow, they have it all together. Mm-hmm. And then they come to you afterwards and they're, you know, thanking you for being honest Right. And giving them, a, you know, realizing like, okay, I'm not alone. And it was just, you never know. Like, we don't, you can put on a happy face. You can make it look like you said, you know, social media worthy or mm-hmm. picture little life that we have. But honestly, everyone's going through something to some degree. Right. Um, and I think it takes us to just be open and honest and give people a space to, to say, hey, me too. Or, hey, you know, maybe it's not the same thing, but by you opening up, they'll come to you. And that's exactly what happened is that by me opening up with what I was dealing with, no, some of the people, it didn't look exactly the same. There were other things they were dealing with, but Mm -hmm. we made that connection. And, you know, that's whenever I just, it just amazes me to look back and see by me doing that, the relationships that I was able to build Mm 
and just like the, you know, the story that I share with you that they were there when I needed them the, the most, like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even expecting that at all. Like wasn't expecting that to be a byproduct of just being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then these relationships have like endured over the years because it was oh, yeah. based on something solid. So that's a huge like tip to anyone who is struggling to create these real relationships with people is to really just share your whole, not your whole heart, right? But to just be vulnerable, be honest about who you really are. And the, you know, like the thing is, is share what you feel comfortable with. Because mm-hmm. the other part of that is, is you're going to find the people that are kind of on the same place that you're at. You know, if you're like me, you know, some of my friends are very bold and, and vulnerable and honest, but then there's others of them that are in my tribe that are, they're not as open with other people, but they know that they can be with me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, right. just be, you'll find the people. And the other part of that is being intentional and being like setting your expectations of what are you looking for in these friends? Like, what do you need to, for, from them? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, like I said before, in the beginning of this was the biggest part of that is asking and since with a sincere heart and sincere prayer, what can you do to help someone else? Who can you help out first? Mm -hmm. Because when you help them out, then once again, it's a miraculous thing of when you're in a place of need that you've already established that really strong root. And so you're going to want to go to them when things are bad and you Mm -hmm. know that you can, because you've established that. And even I was thinking about, you know, last year, um, even the sister missionaries were part of my tribe for a little while, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'd opened up to them. They'd opened up to me and they showed up when I needed them. And it's just, it's amazing when you can (laughs) have Mm -hmm. that. And it's not, I mean, it's literally, it's taken me years, you know, I mean, a long time. Like I've had girlfriends on and off in my lifetime, but nothing like the women that I have in my life right now. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, we are. Why? So I call them my sister tribe because mm-hmm. it is literally, they are my sisters. We are not blood related. But <laughs> we're sisters and we were there for each other and it doesn't have to be a, a big tribe. Like I only got a handful of them. Yeah. You know? It's not like it's, you know, hundreds and it's not that we get together every single day and hang out and stuff like that. It's just, I know they're there. Mm-hmm. And that, that sometimes is the biggest thing you need is to know that someone's there. I would just add like, being intentional about it you know mm-hmm. like, like if you find people you feel like you think that you kind of can connect with and it's not like don't get discouraged and be like oh great I'm never gonna have close friends you know <laughs> I'm never gonna have my tribe of people like just keep going you know because that person may lead you to someone else and that's true exactly what happened you know it's like one person that I thought I'm like oh my gosh like okay we have so much in common and our kids are the same age and we're gonna get along great and actually we didn't and then <laughs> But through them, I found someone that I'm super close to today, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. it's just being intentional and just not giving up on finding your people because they're there. Right. Right. I love that. And then you alluded a couple times to when you actually really needed them. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yeah. So last year, it was actually Valentine's Day last year. So we're Mm -hmm. coming up on our one year mark here. Um, we knew that it was time for us to add another member to our family. Well, let me rephrase that. We were prompted that we needed to, and against me, because once again, like things are going good with my depression. Mm-hmm. I was on medication at the time and I was, I knew that if I was going to get pregnant, I'd have to go off of it. So I'm like, 
we're not, I'm not ready for this right now. Like, let's just give it some time. But I would kept like my husband, and I just kept getting this feeling like we need no now, like now is the time. So finally in October, um, of, okay, so this is 2020. So October mm-hmm. of 18, I, we started trying. Um, and so on Valentine's day, I found out I was pregnant, mm-hmm. like could not believe it because it took me six plus months with the other two. So I figured, Hey, we got some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be some time. So I was like completely shocked by that. Um, and then two days later, I miscarried. And I felt so bad because one of my close friends in the tribe had miscarried in December before that. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad of here. Heavenly Father's asking me to have a baby. And I'm right. going to that, you know. But here's this person that really, truly is wanting another baby and didn't have it. Um, so when that happened to me, I just... It was so weird. It was like, I wasn't, I was mad at Heavenly Father, but I was also really confused because I thought, wait, you told me to do this and now we're going forward to this and this is what happens, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I really started questioning what I believed. I started, yeah. you know, just having all kinds of just really bad stuff start to come in my mind. Um, and then I had gotten a priesthood blessing and, and that was told, you know, you're going through these things now, but you know, in the next life, you'll totally understand. And your children that are there are going to need you to go through these things. And when they told me that I realized what he was saying wasn't about my depression and my anxiety and all that stuff. I mean, yes, that's part of it, but he just told me that I was going to be with my children. Mm-hmm. This person didn't even know that I was miscarrying at the time. I just asked to get a blessing. So that kind of gave me a little bit of hope of, okay, God is listening. He is with me. Mm -hmm. I just got to press forward. So the doctor was like, you know, my body luckily did everything naturally on its own. Um, They were like, you know, just give it some time. There's no real like strict time frame and just try again. You know, sometimes this just happens. Right. So we did just that. Waited a little three months and then, um, in June, I found out I was pregnant again on June 24th, and then on my husband's birthday, June 26th, I miscarried again. So both of these miscarriages were at five and between five and six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't even like we didn't know what was going on. There was no way to tell like what had happened or anything like that. Um, right. There was nothing we could do, um, and this time. I wasn't mad at Heavenly Father. I was mad at myself. I knew that it had to be something I was doing. There had to be something wrong with my body, with what I was eating, with the lack of exercise. All these different things were going through my mind. Like it had to be something I was doing because this made no sense whatsoever to have two perfectly healthy kids. And now this is my second miscarriage. Mm -hmm. How is this happening? So I literally started hating my body. I didn't care what I was eating. I didn't mm-hmm. work. I stopped working out like everything that I had been doing. I completely stopped doing. Yeah. And I felt like, what's the point? You know, if like, if this is what's going to happen, like what's the point in doing anything? I might as well just indulge in what I want to indulge in. And, um, so I did end up switching doctors. Cause I'm like, you can't just keep telling me this is normal. And then it can't be, there's mm-hmm. gotta be more. So I ended up switching. Um, and they were doing, 
tested my progesterone levels and stuff and come to find out that was a big factor that my progesterone was tremendously low. Like there was no way that I was going to carry a pregnancy. Right. Um, which luckily was a good, you know, you know, there's a fix for that, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like not the end of the world. It's okay. We started, we were in the process of doing, of finding out everything, getting tests done and all that kind of fun stuff. And I didn't have, like, I missed a period. And I'm like, this is weird. This never happens. And they're like, your progesterone is so low. You probably didn't even ovulate this month. Like, there's no way that you're pregnant and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, you know, you're you're the doctors, right? Like, you, should know, <laughs> you should know what's going on. Um, but lo and behold, they were totally wrong. I was definitely pregnant. Um, so we started quickly on supplements. We already knew, like, that was what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going in every single day every 24 to 48 hours to have everything checked and it was going perfect like Mm -hmm. my levels were increasing everything looked great you know they're like this is gonna be like we're good you know like I'd gone I was four weeks when we found out so they're like just we you know need to make it obviously to 12 like that's kind of our marker um but they wanted to go ahead and do an early ultrasound but I was impatient to wait for them so I actually went to one of our schools (laughs) that was doing free ultrasound Mm -hmm. Um, and I went in and like, oh my gosh, talk about anxiety. Like I was so nervous because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I just had this fear that it was going to happen again. Right. And I kept trying to push past that, but like, I just couldn't, I couldn't shake this fear of it happening again. And so I go in the ultrasound room and as soon as the lady put the thing on my belly, like there you could see a beating heart, like the baby was right where it's supposed to be. You know, everything was mm-hmm. great. And I was just like. Okay. So relieved. Relax. Yeah. Like now I can relax a little bit, you know? Um, and then my doctor's office called me and they're like, Hey, we want to get you in for your ultrasound. And I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) not telling them (laughs) anything about what I'd just seen. Um, and so my mom actually was able to go with me to the actual like real ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Um, and for like family too, because we made the decision, we're going to tell our kids right away. Because here's the, for us, it was, we can't hide this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. like life is going to happen. Hard things happen all the time. And we just felt for us personally, like it was better for them to be along the journey with us than in the shadows of it's already passed. And now we're going to tell you what's going on Mm -hmm. because I was a wreck during the first, you know, like my, like my kids knew something was going on. So why not just be honest with them and let them know why, how old were they at this point? So the first one, Anderson was eight mm-hmm. and Riker, he just turned, he turned two in October or sorry, three in October. So he was two. Mm-hmm. So obviously he didn't really understand. Um, mm-hmm. But the oldest one did like the first time, you know, he was, it was really hard on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one, you know, he was just like, doesn't understand how it happened. So we go in um, and the lady, like she's, Whenever I went, like I said, the first time, they, as soon as they put it on my stomach, they could find everything. And I could tell she was kind of, like, having trouble looking for stuff. And she was asking me, like, so are you sure you're as far along as you think you are? And when was your last period? Like, all this stuff. And I'm really starting to wonder myself, like, why, mm-hmm. why is she asking me this? Is stuff not measuring right or what's going on? Um, and then I could tell by the look on her face, like, something wasn't right. And, and I was looking at the screen and I looked up and I just started bawling. And the next thing she said was, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. 
And I was so mad. Like, I literally screamed out loud to Heavenly Father. And I was like, why, God? Like, why are you doing this to me again? Why are you choosing me to have to go through this three times in less than a year? Mm -hmm. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. I don't understand why you're doing this to me. Like, why, why, why? Like, I kept saying why. Like, and this can't be real. And I can't be going through this again. Um, And so we left that office went into the other room and to call my husband and told him everything. And he was of course out of town working. And so I called one of my sister tribe members and I said, all right, I don't care who it is. I just need someone to give me a blessing as soon as mm-hmm. I get home. Um, and so they met me that evening, gave me a blessing. And I still was just like, this is, I don't understand. Like I, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm doing all the, like, all the things. I'm attending church. I have a calling. I'm trying to strengthen my family, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reading my scriptures. I'm saying my prayers. I'm going to the temple. Like, I'm doing all these things that I'm, quote, supposed to be doing. Why is this happening? Um, and, you know, I'm a convert to the church. Like, I joined back in two. It's the old Valentine's Day will be five years. We have a thing with Valentine's Day. Um, you know, so for me, it was like, I thought things were going to be so much better being a member. And like all the things that happened in my life before were just like, they wouldn't have happened if I had been a member. Mm-hmm. Like, totally not true. Um, but so I really, you know, kept thinking my natural programming is to go back to those things, to go back to drinking, to go back mm-hmm. to smoking, like, that's naturally what is part of, like, that's been more of my life versus kneeling in prayer, going to the temple, like those things. Mm-hmm. So I really felt like I was on the fence of, I just want to go back to my old life because it's hard either way. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be hard. Um, and that's when the day before my procedure, because we decided that luckily this time I was nine weeks so they could do the procedure to take the tissue and find out exactly like what had happened. Um, and I kept like one of my girl sisters kept asking me to come to our Bible study class. And I was like, I'm not like, I don't want to do anything besides sit in my sweatpants and mm-hmm. just be at home. Like I don't want to do anything, especially be around people at church, except like showing up on Sundays. That was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I go like against everything. Cause in that priesthood blessing I was told like the biggest thing you need to do right now is increase your faith that's the biggest thing that you and your husband right now need to do is increase your faith and trust heavenly father and I'm like okay so right now like I feel like kind of like the angel and the devil type thing on your shoulder yeah it's probably definitely not what you wanted to hear at that point (laughs) but I felt like there was part of it with her continuing to invite me that was Mm going to help me increase my faith Mm -hmm. but the other part of me was like no I don't want to do this So against everything literally that I wanted to do, I was like, just go, Stephanie, just go and just get her to shut up, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) stop asking you if you just show up one time. And so I sat there. I hadn't even read the lesson. I didn't know what they were talking about. I was reading along as they were doing it. Um, And on it, like, I still don't, couldn't tell you what the lesson was. Um, But the only thing I kept hearing over and over was we will never suffer as much as Christ suffered for us. But by our suffering and the things that we go through, we're increasing our capacity to be more like him. 
And that kept like playing over and over is, you know what? Everything I'm dealing with is only making me more like Christ. And if that's my true purpose is to be more like my savior, then I just have to trust that, yes, this is part of Heavenly Father's plan for me. And by doing these hard, hard things and going through this crap, I'm being more like Jesus Christ. I still didn't like that. And I still didn't just no. like, oh, everything's great now. Like, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to. No, like, like it was so horrible. Um, went through with the procedure the next day. And um, things were fine. Like, everything, like, I didn't have any trouble with it. Like, wasn't in a whole bunch of pain. Like, a lot of people had told me I would be in. Mm-hmm. Like, all this stuff. It really wasn't physically that bad. Now, emotionally, yes, it right. was horrible. Um, and then come to find out. Of those, like we found out, so that was in October, beginning of November. We got the results back that it was definitely a girl, um, and that if she, if we, if I continued continue to stay pregnant at some point, either in the pregnancy, we would have lost her, or right after birth, um, because she had three sets of chromosomes, so there was no way that she would have mm-hmm. would have made it whatsoever. So then I was able to look back and say, okay, once again, Heavenly Father knew, right. That if I had gone longer on, like, it would have been way harder. Um, So, ironically, we, well, not ironically, but we've given her the name of faith because. Oh, I love it. That truly is what we've had to gain through this. You know, like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to continue being a member of the church. I wanted to walk away. I wanted to um, just hide and go back into just be in the dark place and stay there. Um. But through the faith of my sisters, literally, I just clung to them. And they loved me. They texted me whenever I didn't expect it. They came over with my cheer wine and my M&Ms. They brought dinner. They picked up my kids. Like, they showed me what unconditional love was because I definitely wasn't loving myself or feeling like I should love myself or that even God loved me at this point. Um, but it was just them constantly showing up in my life and knowing that no matter what I was going through, they were going to be there. They were going to be with me regardless of, of my decision, regardless. And it wasn't like I sat there and told them, Hey, I'm going to leave church. Like mm-hmm. I kept all that quiet, you know? Um, but it was them constantly just letting me know I'm here for you. I love you. That it kept me showing up and it kept me just staying until I was strong enough to where I could, get back on, you know, on track with what I needed to do for me and my family. Um, Right. And such a great example of friends, right? Of Just being aware. And I wonder how much of it was just inspired, right? That they would pray every day and they would say, what does Stephanie need? How can I help her? And then they did it. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's, it's been a crazy journey. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so, it's been worth it. And I, you know, to realize, like, like I'd said, going back to, it would be, it's hard either way. Yeah, that's true. It is hard either way. Um, but as a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I know that this way is better because right now I'm only getting a snapshot of what life is and going back to heaven, you know, to God's timing on stuff is I don't know what the future holds. Like, I do know that we are going to have another baby. I don't know Mm -hmm. when that is going to be. I don't know if we're going to have to have more miscarriages to get to that point. I don't know, but I know he's using me as a vessel. I know that he's using me to 
you know, to have other kids one day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I know that that eternity is worth it. You know, it's worth to make these sacrifices and to go through this stuff that is not fun and no, it doesn't make it easier, but I know it makes it, it's, it's going to be worth it for eternity. It may not seem like it's worth it for earth, Mm -hmm. (laughs) earthly things we go through, but I know for forever it will. Right. Right. And as hard as it feels in the moment, it's just, it's just trusting that God's in control and that he loves us is what it really comes down to is if he loves me, he's going to give me these hard things only if it's going to make me better. Yeah. Only if it's going to be to live in faith instead of fear. Like, I think that's been another thing that's really spiraled my anxiety and panic attacks and depression. Everything is just having so much fear of the unknown of stuff of Mm -hmm. not being able to once again control everything. And so really the, the biggest thing I've done just literally over the last couple of weeks between when I started listening to your podcast and, you know, every day telling myself three things that I love about myself. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm still like, Oh yeah, I (laughs) love me. It's I'm starting to see things in a whole different light of, you know what? I was able, I've been able to carry five children. You know, I'm able to get up with, even though all those things, all the hurt and stuff I've gone through, I'm still here. I'm still alive today to talk about it. I have Mm -hmm. two amazing kids that I get to be the mother of. I have an amazing husband that supports me. Like all these things that it doesn't have to be focused on my body anymore. It doesn't have to be focused on what I look like, but it's like, what are the things I've accomplished? You know, Mm -hmm. and when you start thinking about those versus the, the physical part of yourself, like mm-hmm. that's been very helpful of like, I love that, you know, cause it did start out with, I'm like, I love my eyes. Yeah. I love, my nose. I love you know, <laughs> but now I'm like, I love that I have a caring heart, you know, like, Oh, I love that. Like these things that are, it's not more of this, what I can see, but like what's in me, what makes me who I am? Because let's face it, this outside part is going to change a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think just coming from a place of love and realizing that working on being on striving to focus on faith and building your faith and not so much focus on the fear, then it's amazing what all opens up for loving yourself, for loving others, for overcoming really hard things. Like, and it's a process. It's a daily, daily, sometimes minute by minute process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. So I think that's another big takeaway is don't expect like a perfectionist that I am, that it's going to just miraculously happen tomorrow. It takes everyday effort. I love that a little bit at a time. And I think applauding any progress that you do have, because it can be easy to just sweep it under the rug and not give it the value that it has. Like if you haven't showered in weeks and you took a shower today, that's a huge progress. Huge. Yep. (laughs) Like, people I mean if you've gone through this then you totally understand that like some days getting out of the bed and taking a shower is all you can accomplish for that day and Mm -hmm. that's an accomplishment it's fine don't you know and like I said the motto of it's okay to not be okay and just be one percent better every single day Mm -hmm. just what I'm trying to that's been like my theme for this year so far (laughs) that's an amazing theme it's super applicable to to everyone in every situation it's great um you talked a little bit about the relationship with your body how did you 
end up recovering from do you I'm sure you still have days where you're angry at it or but I feel like you've moved past blaming your own body yeah it honestly like I said it was not like I absolutely do not like the end of the year and the beginning of the new year mm-hmm. like and that's why I loved your podcast the first time like <laughs> That was the first episode I listened to, and I was like, yes, like, I'm not the only one, you know? (laughs) Because that is the thing. All these, you know, goals and all, like, there's nothing wrong with having goals. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that, but I think media and, like, everything streams this is in, like, if you don't start out the new year with this big, huge, miraculous goal to lose 100 pounds and all this stuff, then you're a failure. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like if you're given a new chance every day, you can make small differences every single day. If that's Mm -hmm. just drinking a little bit more water, you know, like, yeah. so it was having that perspective of, okay, like, I, I don't have to set these huge goals for myself and get upset whenever I don't hit them. Um, I can just do small things. And literally it's been starting with telling myself three things every day that I love about myself or three attributes or whatever, just pointing out three things that I'm saying to myself, I love this about you. you know? mm-hmm. like, and then I, well, so one of my sisters decided she's going to do a 10K for her birthday this year. I was like, oh, let's do, I'll do that too. So I'm like, put into my head that, all right, I'm going to start running. So mm-hmm. I, I started doing it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then I had this moment of maybe insanity. I don't really know. <laughs> but on Monday, I was like, you know what? I'm making a commitment this week that I'm going to do it for seven days straight. For mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day for the next seven days. And I'm not saying I'm going to do that for the next year. It's just I made that commitment for the next seven days that I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, and I just think little small things that you can achieve is what is helping me to realize, like, okay, I can do this. Like, I can do small things every day that eventually become habits that it's just a little bit at a time. So that um, running again, like I said, my diet is so I eat whatever the heck I want to. You know, <laughs> I'm like, if I may come in for my run and grab a piece of chocolate, you know, but right. I think it's just having a different mindset of, you know, what is it really about? Are you looking for your physical part of yourself to be different? Because like I said, that's going to change constantly. Right. Um, and just knowing it'd be grateful for the things like literally my, the first thing I say, as soon as my, like I even wake up, my eyes don't even open most of the days is thank you, Heavenly Father, for letting me breathe, and thank you for letting my heart beat. Like, that's what I start my day with, is being grateful for those two things, because I'm alive, you know? Because mm-hmm. like, there were so many times that I didn't know if that was going to be, I was going to wake up. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, I don't know, just little little slow things, and finding, finding what it works for you doesn't have to be what works for everybody else, you know? Like... Like I said, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. They're like, I didn't get to do my 30-minute run. I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up. Like, she's got small kids. I'm like, you know what? Have a dance party. Yeah. It's young. You know, she's like, that's a great idea. I'm like, trust me. Some days, whenever I didn't want to do anything, just having a t- even the five minutes. Like, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Just doing something fun to get your body moving. Mm-hmm. Like, And you did something for the day. It's a win. It's a win. Yeah. I love that. And I think that could be our create joy challenge is just do small little wins. Look for. Awesome. They're there there. (laughs) every day. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This has been so inspiring. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's not, it's not easy to be vulnerable and to open up about hard things, but I, 
I am so inspired by it. I'm inspired by your your takeaways, by the lessons that you've learned, by the way that God is aware of you, even and maybe especially in your hard times. So thank you so much for sharing. Well, I appreciate you very much for having your podcast. And like as I said, you're you've definitely helped me a lot too. So it's been an honor to be here with you. Thanks again for joining us this week. Our Create Joy Challenge is to look for the small little wins. As of the time of this recording, we are in a really weird time in the world. Most of the world is at home right now because of COVID-19, and we're experiencing life in a way that we did not expect. This can cause a weird identity crisis as well as a myriad of other complicated emotions. And this is on top of all the things that we already have going on in our lives. It can be tempting to give in to the frustration of the moment, to the fear. It can feel so easy to wallow in the loss of the plans that we made. It can be hard to be met face to face with our own inadequacies as we try to parent in a whole new way. It can also be really easy to feel swayed by the social pressures to make every moment in our social isolation Pinterest worthy. So I would strongly encourage you not to, I would encourage us not to give in to any of it. Yes, feel the feelings that you need to feel. These feelings are valid and real, but then look for the wins as small as they may be. Maybe it's the increased connection that you see in your children, the imperfectly baked bread that you made, the fact that you made it outside in the sun today, having a dance party or maybe a long hug with a child or that you reconnected with an old friend over text. And in my case, this isolation from much funnier people than me my kids actually think I'm funny. So look for the small wins and celebrate them with ice cream if you have any. I also wanted to let you know that if you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that our work workbooks for General Conference are now available to download for free at createjoypodcast.com conference. And if you're not a member, we would love to have you join us as well. Thanks again for joining us on this episode. Until next time, stay safe wash your hands, and let's create a little joy today.